In episode 55 of the Web3 with Sam Kamani podcast, I am talking with Matt Lovell, who is the founder of Plain.co, that is P-L-A-Y-N dot C-O. Plain is bringing blockchain gaming to the masses and is doing that by creating fun games and by dropping barriers to entry for people to get in. And they are providing this value to their token holders. So in this conversation, Matt and I, we talk about why so many Web3 games fail and why do people hate pay-to-win mechanics when it comes to gaming and also how play-to-earn mechanics in games makes every game so boring and it makes it feel like doing chores. So what can Web3 games do to be more fun and still be sustainable, still make an income so they can continue to build. And we also talk about companies such as Xe Infinity and Animoca and tokenization and cosmetics in games and NFTs and so much more. So if you are into Web3 gaming or just gaming in general, then this is the episode for you. Hello, innovators, explorers, and risk takers. Welcome to another episode of the Web3 with Sam Kamani podcast. I'm your host, Sam Kamani. I am an Amazon best-selling author, a tech startup founder, and a strategic advisor to multiple Web3 startups. I'm here to take you on a journey to explore the world of Web3, all the risks, all the opportunities. And my goal is to educate you about what other people, the founders, the investors, what are they building? What are they paying attention? So you can take advantage of it. So you can benefit from it. However, I would like to start with saying that this is not investment advice. I would still highly encourage you to do your own research. I have nothing to sell you. So with that out of the way, let's get into it. So Matt, it's great to great to have you on the show. I always enjoy our conversation and I have Likewise. been following your journey, building Darkling Wars and building the whole platform. For some of those who are not aware of the Plain platform, can you explain in just few words, what is your vision with this platform and what do you want to achieve? Sure. The vision is, is pretty clear and simple when I, when I think of it. And every time I try and explain it, it becomes way more complex. But in brief, yes. I'm looking at creating a sustainable play-to-earn platform that provides players with true ownership over their assets and true transportability of those assets between various games and the metaverse on play-in. So if I was just, there's, there's my, there's my 15 second elevator pit to, to dive slightly deeper in mm -hmm. what, what I'm really speaking about is right now, most of the play to earn platforms out there have tried to figure out how to make money while giving players money for everything. And you can't do that. It's, it's not actually an economically viable model. It's like the governments that just want to give out checks to the citizens to make them feel good at some point the bills come due uh hello u.s government inflation anybody so sorry we're we're going through a printing money phase here in the u.s so you can't do that you can't just print money which is what most play to earn games are trying to do as soon as the money stops flowing in and starts flowing out they're in a whole lot of trouble Mm -hmm. So what we're doing is we're actually creating free-to-play games and we're monetizing them traditionally 
through skins, through subscriptions. So traditional monetization of games that we already know works. Then what we're doing is we're allowing players to buy and sell assets within the games in an auction house. And what that means is that the money players earn in the game has nothing to do with us giving them free money. It has everything to do with free market and players who find something cool have the opportunity to sell it to somebody else who's like, wow, that's really cool. I want it. Yeah. And so they truly also own these assets. And that's, a, that's I think, the real advantage to Web3 and gaming. I don't think the, the advantage is what a lot of people are kind of like trying to make it into, which is gambling. I think the advantage is you can have true ownership of assets. Now, the problem is in most Web3 games, what that means is, oh yeah, you really own your Axie, right? Okay, yeah. well, where, where can I move my Axie to? Oh, you can just use it in Axie. Oh, so I own it, but it's really no different than any game that I've ever played because I can only still use it in Axie. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, well, I, I use the analogy all the time, Sam. I'm like, if I told you I was going to sell you a Ferrari for 50 bucks, you'd be like, yes, I'll get a Ferrari. And I say, but you have to keep it in my garage. You'd be like, no, it's not even worth 50 bucks. But that's what we're doing with NFTs right now. So yeah. what I want to do is say, okay, you buy something in Darkland Wars. Let's say you buy a skin. You can then take your skin and use it in Darkland Wars. You could also go to our metaverse and you can show off that skin to your friends because that asset is transportable outside of our game. And then let's say that we, well, yeah, we have another game that we're going to be designing called Lords of Steel, which is yeah. a, a futuristic robot combat game. Yeah. Well, that skin could be transported into Lords of Steel. Now, it might look different. Let's just say yeah. your skin one is a burning castle. In yes. Lords of Steel, it might be a burning ship, you know, so yeah. it might look different, but it is your asset. It's the same asset. And when you get tired of it, you can put it up for auction. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. But I'm going to challenge you on this uh, with the with that example as well, that one thing that fixes it all is having fun in the game. So yes. if the game is fun, I will spend money. I will not care. I have to park it in someone else's wallet. You know, I will. I won't care right. if I have to return that. Same thing with Ferrari. I have rented Ferrari. I've rented Lamborghini. I just get to use it for a few hours and I have paid seven, $800, $1,200, you know, so. But you were able to go anywhere you wanted to with it. Yes, yes. Yes, and in and, one and case, just on the like, racetrack. And in one case, just on the well, racetrack. <laughs> so, yeah, so they, they might not have wanted to give you that Ferrari for uh, just anywhere, but yeah. Anyway, I, yes. I, I, it's I, a controlled environment. So, yeah. And, and, so, but that's kind of my point. Yeah. I mean, l l can I be brutally honest? Can I like go ahead, really. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, just go ahead. Yes. As a game, Axie sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the most popular game out there. It sucks. It's like you, you would in the 1980s have gone, wow, this is a cool game. In the yeah. 90s, you would have been like, yeah, I've seen this game a hundred times. Now it's like, gosh, why am I playing this game? The only reason people play it is to grind money. Yeah. So I, I agree a hundred percent. And that's why our, our main focus is fun. Yeah. So let me take it one step further. It is not just XE. Most Web3 games suck. Yes. That is that is just the reality. 
And and there is no fun because everyone saw that, okay, this play to earn mechanics is a quick way to make money and make your game successful and popular <laughs> and build a name yep. around it. Get Because one of the hardest part of, I've been in gaming for so long. I've been, I've worked in esports. I've been CEO of a company in esports. I've promoted, I've got, you know, 300,000 registered users. I've done so much marketing. I understand that the hardest part for a new game is to get players, is to get yes. its name known. There is so much noise. It's like when it comes to a, a, a genre in YouTube, gaming is the biggest sort of channels in on YouTube. So there is so much content. Every single minute, there is months worth of content that anyone can watch. There is so much noise. And the big AAA publishers have so much budget to hire so many influencers. As an indie small developer, there was no way to promote your game. Apart from, so this was as a new thing that you could quickly promote your game, quickly get users by offering money, do play to earn, but then there was no fun. This is kind of my history. <laughs> uh, it, it's an awful, it's an awful catch 22, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, and then there was no fun, but they got the users, at least the, you know, there's only yeah. one and a half million people who play web three games in the world compared to 3 billion. <laughs> so it is 0.05% of the gamers are web three gamers in the, and those, a lot of them are in, in it for the speculation. They weren't in it for the fun anyway. <laughs> so they thought it doesn't oh. matter. We get the numbers, we can get the funding based on these numbers. So, and then, so this is what happened pretty much in the market. And as soon as the token prices went down in crypto winter, that's it, everyone left because there was no fun to be had in the yeah. first place. And, and that's why I want to start a channel where I go and test all these Web3 games and see if there's any fun game I can find. <laughs> Sam, your eyes are going to bleed. I'm just telling you right now, that's the most painful job right there. <laughs> but you're, you're you're spot on correct. I mean, the, the problem is, and if, if somebody looks at our white paper, they'll see we've ID'd that. That's one of the roadblocks is that games are not... People... The reason we don't have mass penetration of Web3 games is because they're hard to get into and they're not fun when you get into them. So you work hard to get in there and then you don't have fun when you play it. Yes. And most gamers, I mean, because here's, here's the no-brainer, right? Like if you could make money playing a fun game versus not making money playing a fun game, you would always choose to play the one you make money in. It's just, there's no yes. thought process there. So why aren't all of the games play to earn? It's because they're hard to get into. When you get into them, they suck and you don't want to play them. It's a it's work. There's all these hurdles, financial hurdles. A lot of these games, like you said, require you to put money in before you ever play them. Yeah. I mean, how? why are you going to drop $1,000 into a game if you don't even know you'll like it, the only reason you do it is because you're there just to grind money. Okay, That's I, it. you know the 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 quote that you say that if there is a fun game but no money, and there is a game with no fun but there is money, people will choose the one with the money. I no I, no 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 no. I I what I was saying is if you have one that has no money but it is fun, yes. and you have one that has money but it is also fun. People oh, yes, choose, yes. People yeah, are going to yeah. choose the one that is fun that gives them money. So the, the point is, there's a big reason why out of a $180 billion game market, crypto games only have four to five billion of that revenue. Yes. And that's because people are looking at them and going, 
it's hard to get into and it's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. You said it. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But if there was a, a comparison between game that is fun, but no money and the other game that has money, but not fun, people will always choose the one that's fun because it's, it's otherwise yeah. it's just if work. gamers. Yeah. If yeah, you're if a gamer. gamers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it, otherwise you're just a worker. It is just a work. It is just so you basically go to work and then come back and do a second job. And most second jobs would pay a lot more than what you learn from the game. Even in that's Philippines, true. even in that's why they are that's why a lot of people have left. So that's just the, the reality of yeah, of gaming and what people want to do in life. Very interesting thing. I'll tell you. I saw this post has been going around everywhere in the gaming circles. Mark Zuckerberg made a post about Meta and Meta is launching in different cities or something. So there's an Eiffel Eiffel Tower in the background of Paris and there's the the what's I think the one of the Barcelona monuments in background and and it's his sort of avatar and it looks like it is made in 1996 or something the the graphic style and everything it. and the resolution and and it was awful <laughs> it was it was absolutely awful it's like well, who wants to <laughs> who wants to do this <laughs> oh my gosh I don't even I don't even know how people looked at that inside of meta and went yeah this is what we should do I mean oh my gosh <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And and then they're going to wonder why it's not catching on. <laughs> so, and that is, that would be kind of considered high resolution <laughs> for a Web3 game. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's crazy. You know, even though I agree that gameplay matters more than the graphic style. So that's why games like Among Us can become big because gameplay comes first. Yes. But it's not like the gameplay is any good in any of the Web3 games either. Even that sucks. So, But that does not mean that I'm not hopeful because I do know that we are in the early stages. It's like people oh, played the snake on Nokia, you know, on the Nokia phones. I don't know if you remember 2001, 2002, everyone was yeah. playing snake. There's even ads of, you know, prime ministers and presidents of around the world. They were playing snake while they're getting bored and like <laughs> listening to boring speeches or something. So... <laughs> Everyone was playing that. So, and everyone in the late 90s played Solitaire on their computer or, or used to play Solitaire on their PC back in the days after yep. booting up Windows 98 and all that. So, yeah, Guilty. I am. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, I, I, I am hopeful that, you know, that we are just in that stage. Give it 10 years. We are. Or, or even eight years and, and we'd be so far ahead. And, and just like how we were talking earlier that people build in Web3 so much faster. Because you use other solutions, just like how I was sharing with you about how what we are building is that will allow people to build on top of on top of existing solutions so much faster that you don't need to hire Solidity developers. You can just use no code solutions and and get started at least to show some proof, get funding, and then maybe yeah. hire a team and stuff. Well, yeah, I mean that product you were talking to me about that's like the perfect solution for building an MVP. Yes, uh, that's, 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 you know, prototyping is so key to, to a, a new development. So that's, that's exciting stuff. And, and anybody who is, uh, who's thinking of getting into the space, that would be a great entry point for them to be able to get that, that first prototype MVP out so that they could then attract investors. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So talking about investors, how are you funding your current <laughs> startup and what's your sort of plan? 
Well, I'll, I'll find my wallet around here somewhere because that's where everything's <laughs> coming from right now. And and truthfully, that's I'm committed to bootstrapping this right now. Yeah. The market is the market is very bad for investors. I was spending way too much time trying to chase money, and and I said, you know, this this doesn't make sense. I can do it. I, I have the funds to bring this to fruition. And you know what? At that point, if somebody wants to get in, they're not getting equity in my company. They can come in and and be a and be a, a token holder at yes. the private sale. You know, they can make a lot of money off of it. But if they want to come in as an equity person, they'd be coming in at this point. And I'm I'm just done chasing the money. If somebody wants to come yes. up to me and offer me the money that that I need to to really scale this, that's great. Yeah. But you know, outside of that, Sam, it's it's one of those things where you you get to a certain point and you realize your passion is not chasing the dollar. Your passion is creating the product. Yeah. And so we're focused on two things. Look, if I have community, I have a successful project. Yes. So we're focused on building the project and building the community. If I accomplish those two things, the, the community yeah. is going to be the one that that wins from an investment standpoint. You know, they're yeah. going to be the token holders and they're going to be excited about it. And and I, I'm just, I'm excited about the project. I'm excited about how it can change people's lives because I truly believe that this model of play to earn, because it's not play, it's not a grindy type of thing. It's a fun, you know, it's a game first and foremost. Yes. Like I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, just imagine that person who comes from a country where $400 per month US is a monthly, a monthly wage. They find a sword, they sell it in the auction house and somebody who doesn't really, you know, feel like it's a whole lot of money, spends a thousand dollars on it because they want to get ahead in the game. Yeah. That person, after our auction house fees, that person takes home nine hundred dollars. They they yeah. take home two months of salary. To me, that you know, we talk about in, in government wealth redistribution. I hate that because it's at the point of a gun usually. Uh, this is true wealth redistribution where everybody comes out happy and to boot, my com my company makes money. So I mean, how could I how could I complain about that? I am so excited about it, and I just realize all we need is community yeah. and a product. So if we build those, uh, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to have investors that will come. When oh, we absolutely, launch. absolutely, um, I hundred percent agree with that. Another question I have is like, since you are focusing so much on community. What is your advice on someone who wants to build a thriving community? Wow. First of all, be present because right now I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now, we're just kicking up this, the community side of the project. Yes. And the biggest thing is, is be available for people. Like when somebody goes on to discord, if they ask a question in there, yes. uh, you know, within a day, they get a response from me personally or community manager probably sooner than that. It is a process though, Sam. I mean, what what you really look for, because I've done this before, what you really look for is, is those super fans. And it's your super fans that drive everything because they're the ones who are going to log in multiple times every day and, and start to gin up the base. I mean, they're the ones who are going to engage in the conversations. They're the ones who are going to be excited about the product. And yeah. you've got to love on those people. You really do. You you have to make them feel like they are, because they are, like they are the center of your project's universe. If you don't, then you're never going to build a community. A community may form by accident around your project, but yes. if you're going to be intentional about it, you got to love on the people who love you.
And and that's really what I think it comes down to. For us, we're we're pushing hard on Reddit because that is more of a community type of yeah platform. And we're starting to get some traction. It's kind of funny. Like we only have 385 members in our subreddit there right now, but we've already gotten people signed up as accredited investors from that. Um, That's fantastic. Twitter. Oh, I mean, it, it's insane because you look at all of our other platforms, Twitter or whatever, and and those they're so filled with bots and they're so dead. Reddit is great. Discord is great, but you've got to have volume in Discord. And so that's what we're really pushing towards with the Discord is, is getting the volume of people in there. But uh, yeah, that's that's our... So I would say to somebody starting it, look at Reddit. It's a great platform. I wouldn't do advertising. I've, I've heard from other people how great it is, but I tried it and it, it really wasn't that great. It doesn't push a lot of traffic. Yeah. But... Look at Reddit, look at Discord. There's Telegram, obviously, for crypto-based projects is a but hot then platform. But then how do you attract those first people in the community, you know, first, say, 500 people in the community? That's 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 difficult. Yes. You just keep grinding. I mean, you have to be perseverant. And you have to give them something to do. So, yeah. like, for us, for us, the, the people who are in our test group, those are the people who have something to do. So they yeah. download things, they try them, they give feedback, they get happy about that, they get upset about it, you know, what have you. But give people something to do. I think that's super, super important. It's super important to listen to opinions, but you just have to grind. And it's not even the first 500, because I'll be honest, when you hit 500, you've maybe got one or two diehard people in there. Uh, you've got to keep grinding that, I'd say a minimum of... 2,500 to 3,000 people to start to get the traction where you have an active community. Yeah. Because that's going to give you, you know, probably somewhere around 10 to 15 people. And I know it sounds crazy, right? 10 to 15 for 3,000, but it's true. That's going to give you 10 to 15 people that are in there daily and posting up all the time. And that will give your casual community members a sense that things are going on and they'll start to participate, maybe just post once you know, a week. Yeah. But they're in there, they're reading it. And, and so it's those super fans, you've got to have them. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very true. You know, another thing that you just mentioned about, like the example you were giving about the sword and stuff that, that someone who, who has money, but hasn't had the skill or to acquire that now can buy, buy it from someone who had the skill to acquire it. And, and, you know, they can do really well financially and especially they could be from a, from, I mean, they could be someone who really needs that money. And, you know, so that, that's, that's a, that's a very sort of a noble use case, but as a gamer, I've been gaming for the last now 27 years <laughs> or, or more or more probably I've seen the, the rise of, of gaming, you know, in my own sort of childhood to now, um, been gaming since I was a kid in every platform I have gamed. I've played so many different types of games. There is, there has been one thing universal that most gamers, they dislike pay to win. Pay to win. Pay to win. 
So yep. if it is pay to win, and that is one of the thing Web3 mm-hmm. does really well, <laughs> is pay to win. <laughs> Apart yep. from pay to earn or play to earn is pay to win. The thing is that it leaves a very bad taste in with the most hardcore player that I spend so many hours and just this guy, this asshole who's got more money <laughs> is now winning because he can just pay the game to win and cheat his way up to the top. Yes. So they see it as kind of as like cheating as pretty much as using a hack. <laughs> so I agree. Um, they play games to escape the reality of the world where money money talks pretty much. And then these games in- introduce pay to win and then they, yeah, they hate those games. So how do you, they it kills the fun for them. So how do you still make the game fun and have pay to win things without, yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that's a great question. And, and the funny thing is, is Darkland Wars was originally designed as a game to kill pay to win within the mo- massively multiplayer real-time strategy space, which is yes. where that is rampant. Yes. So a couple of things that we, we do. First of all, I, I will preface it, Sam, by saying you have to know your genre. Absolutely. Like as a game designer, you have to know how people pay to win. In yeah. the case of massively multiplayer real-time strategies, people buy loot boxes in order to get things. Absolutely. But the biggest way that they pay to win is by buying troops. So if I attack you yes. and I lose all my troops and normal people would be like, I lost all my troops. This is devastating. I'm going to have to spend you know the next 30 days rebuilding my armies. I'm done. A pay to win player pulls out the credit card. Yes. And all of a sudden, and, and I've watched this happen. You look at their power and their power grows from zero all the way back up to where it was. And then they attack you again. And they keep doing that until they beat you because they don't care about the money. Yeah. So that that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So understanding those dynamics, we're limiting those aspects of the game. For example, we're going to put a little humor in it. And if you try and rebuild all of your troops more than once in a day, your recruiting manager is going to come to you and say, I'm sorry, my Lord, nobody wants to volunteer to die. And that basically will put a stop to you being able to continuously recharge your troops. Now, there is an element of pay to win in anything that you introduce money into. So I'll, I'll repeat that again. Anytime you introduce money, you have pay to win to an extent. But here's what happens in in Darkland Wars and in our other games. What happens is in our games, people who don't have a lot of money have the ability to gain money. While people who have a lot of money can save time because when I've talked to players who are spenders, that's what they're looking to do. They're not necessarily looking to be Some of them, it's ego-driven. I want to be the big winner. Most of them, it's, I don't want to spend the time to grind. Yes. So they get a chance to not grind as much and still be competitive. The regular players get an opportunity to earn money through what they're enjoying doing. And in the end, when they meet on the battlefield, it is even. And that's what's important. And that's super important to me is that the games be competitive and fun for all the players because i know players who come from you know impoverished countries and and i've enjoyed playing with them and they're great great folks you know i've gotten great friends that that i've made in in games through uh, yes and, and you 
it's frustrating because they can't they can't compete and if you can't compete why play a game like if I, and that's what i that's where i got to in in my own playing of these style games i was like why am i wasting my time doing this because i'm not willing to drop thousands of dollars into it so i can't win what's yeah. the point so yeah. i i completely agree with you sam and and that's a big thing for me is making sure that the that the play play design and i guess that's yes. really what it comes down to that the play design and the uh, the dynamics of the game allow everybody to compete on a level playing field like even our subscriptions that you can buy yes. in the game you can get the same benefits by watching ads if they want to do that so somebody who has yeah. zero cash to spend can get a subscription bonus just by watching ads yeah same but we just like do you have to earn yeah. money as a company <laughs> yes. oh no no absolutely you do have to so you know what how first person shooters solve this is and also third person shooters and all those they solve this is by selling cosmetics yep. which do not interrupt the gameplay mechanics or does yep. not give any advantage so you cannot buy say the character or the gun but you can buy the skins for the character you can buy skins for the gun you can buy the colors the themes all those sort of thing the cosmetic items you can buy the clothes the armor that's just cosmetic you know and so yeah so that's how yeah, they charge for... and that's how they don't give any unfair advantage for the guy with the biggest wallet night has done a great job monetizing cosmetics PUBG has done a great job yes. monetizing cosmetics we are definitely going to be going to be selling cosmetics in the game and we're also going to make those drops so that yes. people can find cosmetics as part of their adventures. And yeah. then that also adds to the opportunity for them to, to utilize hey, those uh, yes. to make money as well. So, I mean, it's, yeah. I, I want the whole thing to be organic, not yes. feel like a, a kind of break from the game to do all yes. of this. I want it to be like a part of the experience. Yeah. And then the, another way that I've seen games do this is say if you, they do want to sell some things, they don't give a hundred percent that, okay, you just got money. You can just go and buy the biggest gun kind of a thing. And then you are always in all the gate, all the, they sell loot boxes. So even if you spend money, there is no guarantee. And, but then that's a very gray area. They've got in trouble, like Call of Duty like and Battle. Boxes. Yeah, battle, I mean, some of those battlefronts and some of them have got in trouble because it kind of goes near gambling. And so many yeah. kids play these games that they want something and then they keep yeah. buying loot box after loot box after loot box. And it, they get it's, it. a, it's, a, it's a horrible economic mechanic that, yes. that causes people to spend more than they can afford to spend i don't like loot boxes at all just and and you will never find a loot box in one of my games that you can buy i just won't do it it's it's not a healthy mechanic yeah. to me that is all fantastic so so now my last question is what is your ask how do people find join how do we get people get involved yeah and my my ask is super simple just come join us be a part of the community yeah. play in p-l-a-y-n dot co is our web address from there click on games you can sign up to join our whitelist you can sign up to be a tester go to our discord and and check us out there and you know yeah just join our community reddit we're on reddit and we're on twitter but i hate twitter so come join us on one of the other channels <laughs> yeah you, you are not the first one to say that about twitter <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah yeah that, that definitely what i'll do is i'll put all the links to everything in, under 
in the description under the show notes. So yeah, so go and check out plane.co and Darklin Wars and connect with Matt. So yeah, I'll put all those things down there. So thank you so much for your time. Oh, are you kidding me? Thank you, Sam. This is a fantastic, fun conversation. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Thank you so much for tuning in and watching this or listening to this episode of the Web3 with Sam Samani podcast. You know the drill. Leave a comment, please subscribe or share it with a friend. Now, if you are building something really interesting in this space, then reach out to me. My DMs are open. I'm at Sam Kamani on Twitter or on LinkedIn or on TikTok or on any platform. Just go and search for my name. Reach out to me. I would love to help you. I would love to have a conversation with you. So having said that, I want to wish you best of luck to whatever you are building. I know that about 35 to 40% of my listeners are founders themselves. So I want to say best of luck and go build that next innovation.